0: Welcome to the family with
1: co-host Catherine Brandt and Andy Bernard.
0: Mark Marinaccio, our special guest. The new season of Secrets at Skinwalker Ranch on the History Channel premiered last night. As a matter of fact, we'll talk to Mark right after this in the family.
2: Tommy, do you guys read a lot of poetry on the queue? You
0: mean like "There Once Was a Man from Nantucket"?
2: No, more like
0: T.S. Eliot.
2: They ship today.
3: What do you think of
0: that, Andy? Good timing.
3: Yes,
0: you heard nice. me. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our special guest, Mark Manaccio. How you doing, Mark? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's a great pleasure. Believe me. No question about it. the History Channel's groundbreaking nonfiction series, The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch, returns for Season 3. Last night that did happen at 9 o'clock Central Time. That's where we are in that time zone. Uh, so I, what I want to do, Mark, is just shut up and hear all about this. This is a fascinating <laughs> subject. It is fascinating stuff.
3: Yeah, it's it's amazing. You know, Skinwalker Ranch has been a place, uh, personally, that I've been trying to get to for 15 years, ever since you know George Knapp and Tom Keller put their book out in 2005. I've pursued it, you know. My career the last twenty years in television has been all stories of the unexplained, paranormal, um, that sort of stuff. And Skinwalkers, you know, the ultimate spot. You know, it's it's the hot spot on the planet where, you know, no matter where I've been over the last twenty years, you take all of those experiences combined across you know a hundred different locations, all those things happen on Skinwalker Ranch. So it's like the 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 world's best living laboratory for study of phenomena and uh, unexplained activity.
0: I think it's, you know, I just saw something, Mark. I have to give you a huge compliment because having been in radio for 51 years and in the middle of that, I worked at Capitol Records for 10 years and also did voiceover for about 30 of those years. And I'm going to read a line and then say, remark about what a powerful man you must be. In my 20 years of working in documentary and unscripted television, I have created and produced, directed and written and delivered more than 200 hours of primetime television. As an executive producer and showrunner, I have managed teams of more than 100 people. Mark, you managed 100 actors. You're my
3: hero. (laughs) Not not actors. Not actors. (laughs) No, no, no. Well, a lot. It was a lot. (laughs) I'll say this. So I, you know, of course I did a, a lot of produced and directed a lot of different types of shows in my career. Um, you know, paranormal wasn't always an option. Right. And I did uh, fifty episodes. Uh, show ran fifty episodes of a show called "Sex Sent Me to the to the ER." On oh, TLC. sure. I remember that. And and yeah, and that show was a beast. We were did the first run. We did thirty five episodes in one run. So God. we had simultaneously, I had a a casting company that was looking for you know real people for real stories then i had uh, producers that were taking those people's stories and we were pitching them to the network then we had uh, teams interviewing those people and getting their stories then we had a whole team of writers writing the actual reenactments based off of those people's stories and then we had in in filming the recreations, there were you know we did three stories an hour, so we had um, a massive team, uh, recreation team which was you know directors a whole ad department first second 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 directors, um, and we had ads we had um, a full a full production management department we had a a, a full art department. And then you know, as as well as producers, right, and and all those writers, and then I think we had like maybe six or six to eight writers at the time, and then we were in edit on three episodes at a time. So I had my entire post department that I had that I was overseeing, and then so there was a point in time, you know, it's like a, a hump, right? It's like a hill. You get to the top where you're doing everything at the top, and then things start to fall off. So there was a time where we were. You know casting and pitching and interviewing real people, scripting reenactments, filming reenactments, editing episodes in online and delivering episodes. You know uh, at the same time. So it was. You know I think we at one point counted we had like twenty two hundred. Um, you know boxes to tick Ooh. to to deliver the show. So that team. You know was was. Well over 100 people just because of all of those people that I, that I had to, that I, that I oversaw.
0: Now, Mark, I know it's a, it's a very, very tough business. You work really, really hard, but what a great thing you're, you're experiencing. Uh, yeah, I know it's a lot of work, but my God, the, the charm and the joy of it all and the, the, the special feeling of it all must be terrific.
3: Yeah, well, you know, I, I became a storyteller because of my interest in the unexplained. I grew up in this world. You know, my, my mother um, is a sensitive. She was, you know, back in the 70s. We just oh, okay. She sure. you was know, called it psychic, right? Yep. I mean, I didn't know much of what that meant back then. And it didn't seem odd to me that she, you know, was very spiritual, still is, you know, um, and has her beliefs and in, in, otherworldly things um and then my father was you know still is a, a hardcore science fiction nut um and even though he's you know was a manhattan businessman you know loved uh, Battlestar galactica and buck rogers and star trek and i grew mm-hmm. up on all this stuff mixed with my mom's real world belief in the you know the, the supernatural so to speak and so i always wanted to tell stories of sort of um, science fiction unexplained unknown and i um, when i came to los angeles in 2000 you know, within a couple of years, sort of the unscripted television business was kicking in, and the first opportunity I got was to, uh, in the unexplained world, the paranormal world, was to work on season three of Ghost Hunters as a supervising producer. Right. Out the field. Yeah. So, um, you know, I got to begin my career in a world that I wanted to explore right from the get-go, and it's just evolved since then.
0: That's terrific. The History Channel's groundbreaking nonfiction series, "The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch," uh, did return last night. As a matter of fact, nine o'clock Central Time, and it is, uh, boy, I tell you what, the History Channel is delivering programming. Mark, the History Channel is doing a great job.
3: Yeah, there, It's, you know, it's it's great that with all of the noise on tv especially especially in the documentary or right. factual, or unscripted world that you know history is still churning out just quality content mm-hmm. right um you know and the same the same company this production company behind skinwalker ranch they also make the curse of oak island ancient aliens the unexplained um so you know they know how to do it right and and it's they know how to do it without compromise you know um and there's far too many projects out there that are just you know a bunch of bs right just fake stuff right right. um you know over exaggerated things and and history channel you know is very very serious about the authenticity you know we have a it's it's almost an unfortunate rule from a producer standpoint but uh, on skinwalker ranch if something happens if the investigative team if they see something or they experience something and we or they don't get it on camera we can't use it and you know i will say this this season more happened than in both seasons combined prior and probably a lot of the prior investigations that were done by whether it's all bigelow um nids you know the government whoever um and so we had plenty of occurrences that we couldn't use because there was no evidence of it and it's like no you can't you can't say something happened if we can't see it um and we still have a mountain of just incredible experiences, evidence and phenomenon. So, um, you know, history channel sort of holds us to that standard. And and so does Brandon, by the way, and, and Travis and Eric, I mean, they're Travis and Eric, they're they're legit scientists. They're not going to, they will not risk their, you know, their reputation and their, you know, their careers to, to just make, you know, fodder entertainment. And Brandon was very clear from the get go that, you know, nothing can be untrue. So, you Know that's not the case with a lot of networks, you know, sure, and in and, sure. and history, they have history in their name. So, um, you know, it, we're fortunate that they give us the freedom to explore and tell the story that's really existing and taking place. You know, a lot of times, and and you know, I, I got along and I get along great, and I love everybody in the cast, they're just such good guys, and I consider them all friends now. But, uh, you know, there were times where we'd get into it and they'd have to remind me. The science leads the story. The story does not lead the science. So you're right. You know, you're right. We're we're here to document. You know,
0: the yeah, right. History Channel does a great job. As a matter of, you know, one thing I love about doing the the interviews on the podcast. This podcast has been on the air now well in two months. It's been on the air for ten years. Yep. Ten years. And I do a morning show in town. I've been on the morning show for thirty seven mm-hmm. years. And and every time you talk about somebody or anybody, I have anybody on the show and they reference somebody. I have these great flashbacks. Like you mentioned, the unexplained. I have interviewed uh, William Shatner at least 50 to 100 times over the year, probably <laughs> yeah. more than that. And I don't know why he does it, but every time I talk to him, he goes, Tom, how you doing, Tom? <laughs> like made up a new way to say Tom, apparently.
3: You know, a- I've heard that about him, that he says people's names, you know, in yes, his own
0: way. He does. Great guy, though. I, I've never had a problem with him. Now... When I've had a couple, of and he's old... still
3: going. I mean, did yeah. did he just turn like eighty or something? I no, don't 93, I mean, ninety-three, isn't he? I think. What? Oh and he's and he's still doing it. Like I, don't, you know, it's just ninety-one. Some people, 91. the level of energy they have, <laughs> I just, yeah, I am just, I will always be in awe. Of.
4: Ninety-one years. Yeah, he just turned
0: ninety-one in March. Oh, he did. That's crazy. Okay. Isn't that unbelievable? That's, yeah, we'll oh, him right. So now we don't want to take anything away from the History Channel's uh, series, *The The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch*, but a little just kind of an inkling about where we're headed with this. I don't, you know, don't reveal the story because I want to watch it. But what's it all about?
3: Yeah. Um, well, lucky for you, I'm not allowed to reveal too much. Yeah, I would have. <laughs> lucky for you, but, you Tom. Know, but, Tom. But I'll say this, you know, um, what, what's great about this year's investigation is, and you can see it in the super tease, you know, the tease at the end of the show, that's the promo for what's coming down the pipe in the season. So I'm not giving too much away to say, that, to say that, you know, one of the primary areas of interest Continues to be the triangle. What's been labeled the triangle. This was identified as this location early on, where they, you know, identified a strange um, energy signal from a mile up that they were able to triangulate, and then they dug down below and found a strange substance that um, had materials consistent with aircraft or spacecraft. Oh. Um, and and, you know, we we followed up directly this year in the episode that aired last night. The first experiment that the guys did was a follow-up to the last experiment they did last season. They went up in the helicopter, in, in Brandon's helicopter with Cameron Fugel, in order to try to get some measurements as to what was up at that 5,000-foot spot above the triangle. But as they tried to engage the, the region, the altimeter warning on the helicopter was, was going off, saying it was only, the helicopter was only 40 feet above, 50 feet above the ground, meaning there was something underneath them. And and there wasn't there. There was nothing there. Nobody could see anything. Now, what happened was, uh, after the the show um, finished filming, and Eric, you know, through the footage, Eric was able to see what looks like these black streaks that are just there for a couple of frames flying underneath the helicopter. So, you know, what the heck is that? Nobody knows. So the first experiment that the guys did was they went back up in the helicopter, up to that 5,000 foot spot. But this time, It took a series of tubes with GPS units in them. The idea is go up to that spot. If there is something anomalous in the air, drop a bunch of GPS sensors down through it and see if later when you put the GPS data into a 3D model, you notice any sort of deviation from the flight path, right from the descent. Um, For instance, if there's a gravitational anomaly, will these GPS sensors appear to go around it and therefore give us a three-dimensional image constructed of not only what the anomaly is, but exactly where it is? You know, in true Skinwalker Ranch fashion, nothing goes according to plan. Um, (laughs) And and they were just, you know, wrought with, with equipment failures and issues, but did manage to get data from two GPS units that showed not only one of the bottles looking like it actually like hit something in the middle of the air and moved. But then the strangest thing is that the, when the helicopter was on its ascent up, the GPS data showed it not only underground, but flying into and out of the Mesa. And if you know anything about the lore and the history, that's called, that part of the Mesa is called Skinwalker Ridge. Oh, right. You know, that's, that's, there's a lot of stories from there. So I can tell you Mm -hmm. that what happened in last night's episode is definitely continued throughout the season. You know, one of the things that these guys did this year was they followed up on everything. Right? There wasn't a, well, that didn't go according to plan or we got some data. Let's just move on to something completely different. No, every experiment has something to do with the previous. It's imp- it was very important to them that they make sure to continue to connect those dots. So we have these great experiences with GPS data, with you know, this anomaly above the triangle, with you know, the, the flight path in the Mesa. And I'll tell you right now, that, is, that sets the tone for the entire, the entire season.
0: You know what I find fascinating about all that stuff, whether it's, you know, a belief in a deity or, or a belief in, in in beings from outer space. I, I looking in, I look through a telescope sometime and tell me we're the only beings in this vast, vast universe. It's ridiculous to think we're the only ones here.
3: Yeah, sure. And, and as we learn more and more about the, you know, the multiverse, you know, yeah, or yep. or you know, parallel worlds, or now we have the intersecting parallel worlds theory and. Quantum physics and quantum entanglement, and you know, uh, micro micro black hole and wormhole and portals. You know, that was one of the things that the guys talked about with this experiment. Was we've been hearing this story of a portal above Skinwalker Ranch ever since we began. The stories go back to the Shermans, you know, who lived there when when you know, prior to, to Nids and, and Bigelow, who saw you know portals open up in the sky and things come out. Um, so, you know, my question is always, like, if you can accept the possibility that there's something in the air there that connects spaces, you know, spaces, places, or time, however you want to look at it, mm-hmm. what's on the other side? Right. Um, and, and and that's really the most compelling thing to me. What's, you know, who or what is on the other side? And I, and I like to think, you know, I, I'm actually in the process of writing an article for the Alien Con online magazine about the season of The Ranch. And right. I like to say, you know, I like to believe that in some other reality, there's a group of scientists interacting with a space above their land, a spot in the sky where they've had anomalous, you know, uh, readings where, you know, every time we fire a rocket, they see a bright light. and yeah. say, There's a UAP in the sky, you know, and they send a drone and we see a UAP or whatever. Right. I mean, I want, I, I like to think that there's um, these other possibilities that exist that are just incredibly fascinating to to wonder about from a scientific perspective as well as you know even the science fiction you know uh, sort of perspective of you know are there extraterrestrials are there interdimensional beings what know mm-hmm. we do know one of the fascinating things about this season is you know in 2017 when the the tic tac video was released the, the world changed overnight you know this you know and and then the acknowledgement of the of the UAP program, the federal UAP program, and then the federal UAP report summary that was released, and now the DIA documents. You know, Skinwalker Ranch was really, you know, sort of the beginning of a lot of those things. And they studied this stuff. We know that the DIA studied things like wormhole technology and and were interested in dimensional, um, transdimensional, you know, technologies and understanding because of their experiences at Skinwalker Ranch so we're we're really picking up where something left off but being able to do it in a way now that's not sort of you know wrought with the stigma that it used to be you know when i started the ghost hunting shows you know back in early 2000 people were still like i don't know if i want to tell someone my house is haunted now, oh, sure. if you tell someone your house is haunted, you've got mm-hmm. a lot of people out your door <laughs> waiting to get in, right? That's true. You yeah. know, And, yeah. and so we're, we're, we're now at that point. And because of the, the acknowledgement by the federal government and governments around the world, this season, the, the investigative team was able to interact and discuss um, and get information from, from people that never would have been able to speak before.
0: Mark, I need a favor from you. As we go forward, and if you ever do meet some extraterrestrial beings, could you do me a favor and ask them to come down here and and take the far left and the far right political opinions and erase them so all of us in the middle <laughs> can live our lives again? Just
1: take them to another planet. It's the only take, way we're going to get it done. Or, y- y- just get you them know, out of not, here. Not to
3: go off on a, on a tangent here, but I, you know, people always like, don't you think that the, you know, the aliens and extraterrestrials are here? And I have to say, just from a like a logistical, logical perspective, what do we have to offer them? Yeah, <laughs> they're, gonna, they're gonna oh, let's go, let's go watch this worldwide reality show of of conflict and drama. Oh and, God, you know, and and I mean, come on, you know, and, and I say that jokingly, but I also semi, say that semi seriously. Like, you know, why why do we think that we are you know worthy of interaction if we don't have contribution? It's true. Um, Hundred uh, percent true. Know, yeah, let's wipe out let's, let's wipe out extremism in every in every sense of the word and get back to um, you know shared experience and, and shared um, you know shared what we share in our lives that make us more like each other instead of different. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. So, you know,
0: I just think as a nice Catholic kid as a youngster, I think everybody should become Catholic so they could all get along because they all believe the same thing. Works for me.
3: You know, I, I was raised Catholic, Roman Catholic. No, um, not Marinaccio.
0: Never heard of it. Yeah,
3: <laughs> and, and and you know, um, but uh, my I went to St. Joseph's Prep High School in Philadelphia, which is Jesuits. Sure, and that gave me a whole new understanding on sort of, you know, what it means to 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 give and to connect, um, and and. You know, I'm not a religious person at No, by I'm not way. either. Obviously, but, right. growing up in northern New Jersey, Roman Catholic, you can't be at your adulthood. That's
0: just how it happens, right? But you know, I um, was top top. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead and finish. No, no, no. no,
3: no. no, no you know, I was just saying. So I'm not religious by, by any stretch, but I value. I value um, you know, the community. The the uh, the. You know, I even sent my kids to for a while to, to Catholic and, and Christian schools, just because. You know, at the end of the day. We just need to not be jerks.
0: Yeah, we did the same thing. Andy was on the show. Yeah, Alex, our daughter, is usually on the show today, but she's got a sick child. But they went to Catholic school as well, and it's not because we're Catholic. It's just because, uh, Mark, I quit high school in 10th grade, and they asked me why I was quitting. I said, because I learned the same thing you're teaching in 10th grade and 5th grade at Catholic Mm -hmm. school. Great schools. Mm -hmm. But I think, Mark, the number one thing about it is, uh, watching things, I think it's good for people to watch things like the Secret of Skinwalker Ranch to maybe maybe there's maybe I'm not right about everything. Maybe I don't know everything. Maybe sure. I shouldn't be angry about everything. I think
3: it's good for them. Well, you know, Travis talks about that pretty you know um, in depthly. You know, he he came onto that show in season one with the eye roll, right? He was <laughs> like, "What is this nonsense you people are talking about? I am here. I am here with science and data." You know, and 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 he was like, I'm gonna, you know, just not gonna mess around with any of this other BS. And you know, and now he literally says, I don't know what to believe anymore. Right, which is good. <laughs> you know, that's a good that's thing. Good. It's we have to you stress the muscle of thought, you know, and 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 challenge beliefs in order to to gain perspective. Right,
0: makes total sense. Are you having just a ball in your career? It sounds like you have so much fun in your career.
3: Yeah, you know, I do. Look, I mean, making television shows, you know, it's a grind, right? And and honestly, I do not, I don't run shows anymore. I don't, don't produce run direct uh, shows anymore, unless it's something that I'm passionate about. And um, I made that conscious decision to really do a lot of other things. I, I, I always want to be a storyteller, tell the stories of mm-hmm. of the unknown, but so I can do it through a, a few different ways. I have a um, the first in a science fiction uh, series novel that I that I wrote and released. I've got scripted projects to work. I've got my social media the, at Strange Story Co. where I engage with people. Um, but this project was, like I said, I wanted to get to that ranch for 15 years, so I did it. Um, so I get to enjoy the best parts of my career in that, you know, I don't, I'm not a slave to the paycheck. Um, So, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's, and that's because in in the unscripted business, I mean, it grinds you down. You don't. There there is no time for life when you're making these shows because it's documentary, it's documentary filmmaking in, in so many ways that, you know, you're living it, you know, you're, you're living it, you're breathing it, you're eating it. So in order to tell a story properly, you are a part of it. You know, um, you, don't, mm-hmm. you don't punch a clock. You don't, you know, go home and turn off and not think about it at night and weekends, you know. Um, plus a lot of times these types of shows, you're doing a lot of night filming, but you're still working during the day. So um, I've found a way through these other outlets to really enjoy this type of storytelling and story exploration, which is where I really call it uh, even more than, than I ever did before.
0: So with a hundred people to kind of wrangle and handle, um, and the only reason I'm asking this question, Mark, is I'm trying to learn something, how to how to better deal yeah. with my own life. <laughs> I deal with a few people on, on the morning show, and, and this is a family thing, so we all work together very well. And it's not that that – I just uh, – it's such a grind, as you're saying, making a, a, mm-hmm. a TV series and all the rest of it. I have days where, oh, we can't hear Tom. Where's Tom? Well, and I'm talking to him. I can hear them, and they can't hear me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've told these people 50 times, make sure all the buttons are pushed. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, yeah. how do you do that with a hundred people, Mark? That's what I want it's to
3: like, know. It's like the story of the IT guy who had to fly across the country to fix the server, and all he had to do was you know, turn the power button on, which he <laughs> asked them to do a hundred times, and they all swore it was on. I'm not um, kidding you, Mark. I just went through it. No, you know, I, organization, <laughs> I, I use technology to my advantage. So on that show in particular, on Sex Sent of the ER in particular, there was new uh, a new online software called... Um, i don't know how you pronounce it, asana or asana you know asana at the yep. time and i don't i don't have a need for it right now at the time that changed my life because i was able to fully organize all the different departments and the people within those departments and the tasks within those that people had but it was everybody shared so the people would have to update their own progress their own tasks when i had you know instead of at the end of my day, going home with uh, you know a handful of scripts to read and give notes on, I knew throughout the day when a script was ready for me to read, um, and I could manage my own day. Um, you know, that that was the, the using the technology for organization. And now, you know, I'm and I'm, a, I'm a tech nut. I've always been. I, I'm a writer, so I love the pen and paper feel. But at the same time, I have a remarkable tablet, which is one of the you know the the e ink tablets where. I can carry this thin little piece of electronics around with me anywhere. And it's the equivalent to 20 journals and a thousand books. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's organ And I keep everything organized. So uh, it's honestly, it's just organization, you know, it's, and, and for people, it's different. You know, I may have a board with everything up on the wall, handwritten, and then mm-hmm. stuff on the computer that's, that mirrors that because you know, it just depends at what time, at what point in time, you know, um, um, my brain is going to recall or receive that information the best is it good because it's written and on a wall or is it because I'm reading it on a tablet or on the computer screen? Um, so uh, repetition sort of, I think is, is a key to the organization as well. Um, and so sometimes, you know, if people aren't, aren't remembering what their tasks are, oh, God. you make, you make a list and, you know, and then people are are accountable to their own lists um and you know it's the same thing i do with my kids a lot it's like look you can be forgiven for being for being forgetful we all are yeah what you right. can't what you can't be forgiven is you know not taking steps to to you know counteract or manage that you know um it, you know when somebody comes to take your order in a restaurant and they don't write it down the automatic expectation is something's going to be wrong it's great when they and it's wonderful when they when they bring it to you and it's correct but just for peace of mind (laughs) fake you know lie to me let me think you're writing it down the right um, just because that but that's always things like you know did you write it down Um, Mm. and that's you know and it's funny i'm coming from a writer right did you write it down (laughs) yeah that's interesting it's sort of like what i was saying if we didn't film it it doesn't exist on the show if you don't write it down it doesn't might as well not exist because it's gone
0: And I learned very, very long time ago, and I use it on the because I don't go into the same studio. I have my own studio, so I'm not with them. That's why they, you know, whatever. (laughs) But I, uh, in the immortal words of Christopher Walken, "Do what I tell you, or I'll do some damage you won't walk away from." (laughs) Wow! (laughs) One of the greatest quotes of all time. (laughs) I will tell you that, Mark Marinaccio. You got to come back, Mark. I love talking to you, man. Just Uh, talk about the. Seriously, the show, Secrets uh, at Skinwalker Ranch, or the business, the History Channel, all the things we talked about today, how people are not paying attention anymore. Anytime you want to come on and talk, Mark, I'd love to have you back.
3: Anytime. My pleasure.
0: Thank you, sir. Have a good day. You too.
3: Thanks for having me on.
0: Mark Marinaccio, ladies and gentlemen, History Channel's groundbreaking nonfiction series, The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch, last night, Tuesday, May 3rd. 10 o'clock Eastern, of course, 9 o'clock Central Time, The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch, hell of a show. And thank you again to Mark. We'll be right back right after this. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate. And when I heard the Shift story, it made sense to me. ContinuumWeightWellbeing.com or call them or text them at 952-491-6527. The Continuum team, Nancy, Danette, and Kelly, are looking forward to getting you healthier today. We are back, with May the
1: 4th be with you. Yeah.
0: May the 4th, that's exactly Star right. Star
1: Wars Day or something. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yes, it is Star Wars Day. No question about it. Tip of the cap, by the way, to Dolly Parton for making the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, even though she doesn't sing rock and roll.
1: Rock and roll?
0: She made it in the Rock and Roll Hall Did of Fame. Did she
1: ever do a rock and roll song?
0: I don't think so. I do love her, though. She's terrific. <clears throat> i got to make a re-reference on this, uh, Chappelle, because there's something new now oh, to dear. the story. Arrest made in Chappelle attack, but now renewed controversy. The comedian is under fire for his trans comments again. Oh, for
1: God's sakes.
0: After a huge response by the LAPD following an attack on comedian Dave Chappelle during his performance at the Hollywood Bowl Tuesday night, police say an arrest has been made, reports the Los Angeles Times. A man ID'd by cops as Isaiah Lee, 23, was booked on charges of assault with a deadly weapon, being held on $30,000 bail. The attacker is alleged to have uh, had his, uh, on his person a replica gun with a built-in knife, though the 48-year-old comedian wasn't injured. Officials aren't speaking on a motive. They uh, yet aren't yet sure how the suspect got the weapon through security because it was all plastic. The blade was plastic, not uh-huh. metal.
4: Uh-huh. Interesting.
0: <clears throat> Meanwhile, an old controversy has once more reared his head mm-hmm. thanks to a remark Chappelle made to the audience. A BuzzFeed yeah. journalist who was at the show noted that Chappelle made a trans joke, his exact breathless words, Buzz. it was a trans man, it's a joke
1: for Christ They sake. don't get the joke because oh, he he has been being under fire or for just making jokes about everybody. He always has.
0: Always has. Makes fun of all skin colors, it's like, all races, If raven, you don't like whatever. him,
1: don't watch his shows. Don't you know, don't buy his albums. Don't pay any attention to him whatsoever. Well, if you don't like him. Because they don't
4: actually have any real power. As long as the other person doesn't capitulate, then the outrage mob has no power. Right. And he's problem. not capitulating, Right, and it's making them feel
0: as impotent as they actually are. Yes. And that's making them very upset. Yes. Here's the deal. Uh, what's been you talked about on this show, it's been talked on the morning show. This family knows, last I checked it was three, and maybe it's more than that now, three trans people. Cliff Siegel, one of my best friends growing up, played football with him and a whole deal is now Lauren Siegel. He did the first transgender traffic report in radio history on KQRS. I love Lauren as much as I loved Cliff. Wonderful guy. There's another couple of people that one of them doesn't want his name or her name now mentioned. Uh, but then there was another friend of the family. I don't think I should mention her name uh-uh. either. because uh-uh. uh, No, because they didn't they didn't, you know, give me the the okay to do so now lauren as i said has appeared on the kq morning show many times uh here's the deal so i've talked many times about this the fact that this family our family has has uh last count anyway maybe it's more now but three trans people as friends in a family i've not gotten one phone call from any of these type of people saying you know it's so great that you support the trans community as much as you do so they're never there to congratulate you and thank you. They're always there to rip the piss <laughs> oh, out of you.
1: I said the whole world is all about like mongers. Everybody mm, wants it's to true. get likes. That's all they care about. I, I mean, know. they'll say any outrageous, egregious, terrible thing just to get likes.
0: Uh, but look, if you're going to go after people, look, Dave Chappelle is not trying to bury trans no. people or whatever. He's a comedian, for Christ's sake. He's going to tell jokes about black people, about trans people, about whatever. Relax.
1: Well, He's not making your life any The fact that somebody harder. was going to attack him and possibly kill him, he might have been a little stressed out. Yeah, just yeah. a little wound. Yeah, that's true. Maybe he didn't tell the greatest joke at the moment. So, you know what, just maybe cut him some slack. Somebody tried to murder him on but stage. But once
0: again when people do the exact opposite and support you 100%, where are all these people going, hey, man, that's great that you do that?
1: Like I said. it's Not just, one word. What's the biblical saying about how you see the speck in your brother's eye when you've got Maybe a log in a your, boulder, your own?
0: boulder. I thought it was a speck and a boulder. I think
1: Something it's a like log that. and I don't a know. speck.
0: Maybe there's a speck on your log. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe.
1: But, yeah, I mean, that's exactly what what it is. is Looking, looking for things... Always looking for things to be wrong is a very easy thing to do. Yeah, but,
0: again, why do you want – I will tell you for the 9,000th time, I would never admit it if you victimized me. I could never admit that. You victimized me. You're never going to hear that from me. Sorry. And I've been victimized before in the past. I'm being victimized right now by a few people. Yeah. I, you know, I don't – whatever. You're assholes and you do what you do. Am I going to waste time being pissed off at the world? No. You're assholes. Not everybody's an asshole like you are, so we move on, right? <laughs> right. Well, am I wrong?
1: No, you're not wrong.
0: I mean, yes, there are some people in this world that are disgusting, but I will tell you this. The three people that are going after me right now are on that way far left side. So I don't know what the, look, like I said, first uh, first morning show in America with all those different kinds of people on it, uh, whatever, this, that. We had, I believe, 30 years ago, might have been 25, 26 years ago, had a, a man to woman tra- trans and a woman to man trans, and that never comes up either. We supported trans people for decades now, and nobody even Funny, knows. It, it
1: wasn't fashionable.
0: Oh, so that's what it is, yes, isn't it? Yes, the not politicians
1: weren't on that bandwagon. There's no band money to be wagon. made from
0: it then. No, exactly. Yeah, there you go. That's exactly what it's all you about. You have
1: to be in in fashion. Everything has to be in fashion.
0: But don't you think that most people, and I don't know about most people, but do you, can you think of anybody in our family or any of my friends or your friends or whatever that care, you know, as long as you're treated well, you know, they support people, whatever whatever you need. Well, the number one cameo uh person is, is what, what's her name? It used to be uh, Bruce Jenner. Was it Kay- Kylie Jenner? No, not Kylie Jenner. What, what's Jenner's name? Oh, Caitlin. Caitlin Jenner, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the number one, or she, you know, is the number one cameo person. You know, to do a two-minute cameo, $2,500. Mm. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty good when you look at it. Yeah. And she's by far number one. So apparently, people don't have a problem with, with man- man-to-woman trans people. Because he's very, very popular. I think that she now.
1: what people are having a hard time with is all of this, this extreme activism being shoved down everyone's I know. throat. I couldn't agree more. That's the problem. If you could just state your point and move along, and not have to have everybody, like Andy said, bow down in front of you because you have an opinion. Yep. Then it would be really nice.
0: Do you think it's a lot of people who have never been out of this country that think America's the worst place on earth?
1: I know it's like with this abortion issue, you know it's a state nobody thing. no there's three countries that allow after I think week fourteen or fifteen. yeah, abortions. It's the United States, China and North Korea.
0: There you go. All
1: the rest have to be below fourteen weeks. It's just amazing, As, and, and we're constantly saying how far we're so much, we're so backwards compared to Europe and this and that. What? It's no, they like, don't know
4: anything about Europe. They don't. Know. They don't. They have this like uh, Hollywood idea of what Europe is like, where everything is free and everyone is happy and can do whatever they want. Well,
1: oh, you know? it's like that show. What's that magician that? fools people carbonara the carbonara effect every time he comes and when he's got something you know he's he's got a trick he's got something some product that's going to do something that's going to be like really mm-hmm. crazy yeah. he's always like oh yes this was uh, made in macedonia yep. it's, a, right. it's a special <laughs> fish do from you know yeah, he, he just makes it because people are like oh not, i haven't heard of it yep. so it's got to be right I don't know yeah, about Macedonia, yeah. so right. it's most likely that this could be true, some exotic thing.
0: I like I said, I just, I, well, we, we have learned from watching The Outlaws, uh, the TV show, that uh, England has the exact same problems with, with white people and black people that we do. Yeah, We were watching it like, I mean, it's the exact same argument. And and now, basically, it's a world argument. If you think that black and white people didn't get along just in America, you're nuts. It's been a global problem from day one, that people who look different than you are your enemies until they prove they're not. It's also
1: been an economic issue from well, day no one. no doubt about Whenever it. people migrate from someplace because they're escaping war-torn territories, or whether they've been taken... Against sold their by will, their own country people. Sold by people to other people. Yeah. You're going to have economic disparities. That's uh, just how it is. And until the education of said people and the work catch up, it's all, it's going to stay the same. It is. You, you can't you can't legislate out of the ghetto if you're going to keep being a drug dealer.
0: No, it's going to be pretty tough. you probably end up dead
1: yeah, and I'm not saying that there's obviously, there's definitely s- hurdles for minorities to well, get yeah over. poor people
0: well, poor people, well, not just minorities, but poor
1: people I'm sure I, I'm sure in the past, I mean especially in the sixties, seventies, yeah it was, yeah, 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 it was totally a lot you know. harder to break into certain things, I'm sure, for them than it would be if they had white skin. You know that yeah. has to be true. It Look, is
0: true. all I'm saying is just follow the lead of Mark. And Timmy Lammers, just stop being so goddamn crabby. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, well, like right? I said,
1: that's how you get a big followership on social media is to buy, be super crabby and just say outrageous things. Yeah,
0: because you get you get likes then mm-hmm. and you get hits and all that. It's all, digital is destroying the world, which I told them I was going to do 10 years ago. It is destroying the world because all people care about are likes. Boy, oh my! I was out really outrageous, but everybody loved it.
1: Well, and you were talking about victimhood. People love victimhood on oh, social media God, too. Do they ever. Oh, me too. I was victimized. It's terrible. I feel your pain. You're so brave. It's you're stunning and brave for bringing this up, so people can talk about these things. I mean, it, it, they it it just plays really well on social media and i don't see that type of thing going away anytime soon
0: no i don't either
1: Uh-oh.
0: okay to lighten things up a little bit how much have you ever spent on a shirt andy the most you ever spent on buying a shirt
1: andy he, he waits for people to give him shirts. Yeah. <laughs>
0: seven dollars <laughs> seven dollars you're thinking Catherine, uh, about you? it's, probably,
4: it's probably
1: like
0: 20 20 bucks Catherine. oh
1: a couple hundo uh, if it was, it was it was something for something fancy that you I know. had to wear, like, to a charity event or whatever. Right. Yeah, maybe a couple hundred bucks, but it's very rarely.
0: Yeah, very rarely. Probably 100 150 bucks for a shirt is the most I ever spent. I uh, was, un- uh, was expected to fetch big bucks and it outpaced even those expectations. The shirt worn by Diego Maradona when he scored the controversial Hand of God goal against England in 1986 World Cup. The jersey he was wearing that day just sold... For $9.3 million?
1: just don't get that.
0: <laughs> that collector stuff? I don't, I don't either. It doesn't make sorry. any sense I, to me. Why would I, mean, I care to have his shirt?
1: And it's probably because my mom always was collecting just the stuff stupidest things that oh, she really? thought i'm oh, sorry yeah. you know god rest her soul she <laughs> that was a very old lady thing yeah, to yeah figurines hummel's and hummel's stuff or something something called hummel's little hummel's? Fig, i think they were himmels or hummels or some sort of figurine Oh yeah hummel and,
4: figurines here we and go and then
1: what was that oh uh, i've seen those yeah yeah she had a couple of those and she everywhere they went they bought like a silver spoon
4: yep the silver spoons oh, of plates. Oh, yeah, the silver sort of spoons. Yeah, right. what was that? You're right. They were, yeah, the commemorative plates, yeah, I think. Yeah, it
1: was some company that used yep. to put out. My mom and dad, when they were moving, they told me, oh, we've got all of these commemorative plates from, I don't know what the yep. name of that company is. And um, they're worth a ton Let's of see. money. They're collector's items. And I went on, oh, and I no. said, okay, I'll try to sell them for you. Oh, no. I will try to sell them for you. Everybody had brand new boxes yep. of these plates. Mm-hmm. They were like the United States seal, and mm-hmm. uh, I don't know.
4: It's like when presidents get elected, they put out a plate. Yeah, and some sort of. There's a princess die plate. Yeah, really? Yeah, there's a there's a plate for just, everything. There
1: were just a ton of. You them. You can
4: get a Joe Biden plate right now
1: for yeah. sixty bucks. See, there you go. Uh, so I, I was like, I'll, I'll sell them for it because they were expecting, you know, they were expecting thousands of dollars for these yeah. plates. They had like I right. think a dozen of them, and I'm like, mm. I hate to tell you this, but the best I can do for you is forty dollars oh, for all of that. My dad almost <laughs> fell over. They mm-hmm. thought they were sitting on a little pile of money there. Well, and the problem with that mine. kind of
4: thing is the more people buy them, the less value they have. So exactly. if they're very popular, then they're not going to have exactly. any value. Because there's there's I mean there's yeah. um there's NES games out there, you know, forty years old at this point almost. Uh, and they're worth like fifty cents. Because so many people bought them. Yeah. Just because they're old and they're unique doesn't mean anything if there's a million of them right. out there. Mm-hmm. Or there's also NES games out there that are worth tens of thousands of dollars because so few people bought them that oh. they're rare. Okay. That's what matters is rarity.
1: Yeah. What were
0: those little puppies when you were a kid, the little... Beanie Babies? Beanie oh, Babies, Oh, my God, yes. the oh, Beanie Babies. I forgot about those. Oh, my God. Beanie Babies, that's yeah, right. Well, they, and things. they were
1: trading for tons of money were, even back yeah, then. They were, know, yeah. I'm sure that's a bygone craze. I think it
4: went under, actually.
1: Beanie Babies is gone? Beanie Babies was
4: Thai, I think. I think. Yeah, it was Thai. Mm-hmm. Let's see. The most expensive Beanie Babies in the world. Uh, you had a mm, couple of Beanie Babies. I Yeah, but... I don't know. I never collected them. No. There's a few that are worth quite a bit. Uh, bubbles the fish is worth $129,000. Oh, if, if
1: you go to a, an estate sale or a garage sale and you see Bubbles the fish, you better grab it. <laughs> you
4: better oh, grab but it, but only baby. error Bubbles the fish, which it means erred. like the tag is wrong oh, or oh, their, the mouth is the wrong color.
1: Oh, that makes it
4: extra valuable. Really? Uh, yep. One so, of a kind. Mm-hmm, pretty much. Well, that, that's exactly it. If there's an error in the manufacturing yep. process, it makes it one of a kind. I just
1: like I said, I've just I know, after watching my mom collect weird stuff and thinking that it was always going to be worth a ton of money. I, I used to talk about this with Louis Anderson. His mom liked to collect. Oh yeah, stuff I, I do remember the collector's yeah. item. Mm-hmm. And then when he gave, I remember what time. He gave—I don't know if it was Alex or Andy or a a bobblehead of himself. Yes. Yep. And and a watch. I don't know what ever happened to that watch. That was,
4: uh, yeah. It was a. uh,
1: What was his cartoon?
4: Life of Louis. Life
1: with Louis. Mm -hmm. Watch. And I opened him up, and I'm like, oh my god, I didn't know you had merch. And he says. Those are going to be collectors' items someday. Uh,
0: well, it and I mean, now. he was earnest, and I, I and Let's I started see. laughing. He's it like, "What's so now.
1: funny?" And I said, "You you know, you are your mother." Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah, uh, you can, and you're my mother. You can buy too. a Life with Louis watch unopened in the package for thirty bucks. Oh, oh. So. oh, oh well, Louis. not. Okay. I mean, it's a watch, you know.
1: How about the bobbleheads? <laughs>
4: Let's see.
0: Toots had a bottle bobbleheaded. Louis yes.
1: Yeah. I don't Tim
0: Pawlenty and Louie Anderson. Oh. Which I love, because Louis was very, very liberal, and Tim Balenti was, he wasn't very conservative, but he was conservative.
4: Uh, the official Louis bobblehead, uh, here's one s- up here. Well, this, let me find uh, sold listings, because oh. that's what actually matters. Yeah.
0: Okay, while you're looking for it, can I ask uh, Mom a question?
4: hmm Fifty bucks? Uh.
0: Oh, it was 50 bucks so we're sitting on $80 of Louie merch right there. $80, <laughs> $80 baby.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, we'll close with this one. I'm going to just read you part of the descriptor. A little seven-year-old girl named Brinley Heidebrink. That name sounds familiar. It Heidebrink. Heidebrink. Yeah. Mm. Not Brinley, but the Heidebrink part. Did I know Heidebrink? How do you I spell it? Uh, H-E-I-D-E-B-R-I-N-K. Brinley Heidebrink.
4: Heidebrink & Associates? There you go. Oh, yeah, Heidebrink & Associates in Laverne, Minnesota. There you go. So it is, yeah, it's a Minnesota thing. It's an auto, it's an insurance company, apparently.
0: Oh, it is? Okay. Huh. Okay. Girl, seven years old. Mm -hmm. Okay, It's a seven-year-old girl. She's gone to Mass at a Catholic church. She shows off one of her skills to the priest as she's, uh, he delivers the, 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 what do they call it again?
1: Communion?
0: The communion wafer.
4: Yeah, it's called a communion
0: wafer. I thought it had another name, though. <clears throat> okay, so you have to guess what it was, the skill that she showed. You're not usually supposed to blah, 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 blah. Anyway, uh, if you're only seven <laughs> years old, but Brinley Heidebrink just broke the mold. The Sioux, oh, Sioux Falls, Argus Leader. So she is from the area. Yeah. Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Brandon, South Dakota, which is even closer to Twin Cities, I believe. Reports that the little girl... Her first communion on April 23rd, she's seven years old in Brandon, South Dakota. She showed off a skill that the priest was shocked that she had. What skill did she show? Seven-year-old Brinley Heidebrink, her very first communion.
1: Lizard tongue? I don't know. <laughs>
0: Close enough. Transubstantiation? You ready?
1: No, yes.
0: Girl seven shows off her communion wine chugging skills. She's literally chugging the whole
2: bottle. She of was wine. thirsty. I have stopped
0: her. He has a look on his face like, oh, oh, oh. He's just shocked that this girl is doing that. She's seven and she downs about a fifth of well, wine.
1: It's better than having a lizard tongue.
0: That's true. <laughs> All right, that's going to do. I love the show today. It was a lot of fun. Yay. Just the three of us in here, that was kind of nice. Now I get
1: to take Jude to Home Depot. Oh, oh yeah. He loves Home Depot. Oh, he does. Daisy
0: loves Home Depot. And people are, are always, go.
1: can I pet your dog? Yeah. Give him <laughs> yeah, treats. So everything. I have to sit yeah. there for yeah, holding stuff while people are petting Jew. There's, they sit down on the floor
4: yep. oh, God, to pet Jew. They you. love dogs yeah. there. And yeah. Menards won't let them in.
1: I know. It's crazy. I know. It's won't quite... let who in? Dogs. Oh, Menards dogs. won't. Yeah, yeah right. Menards is anti-dog. That's yeah. weird. Menards <laughs> hates dogs. All right, we'll talk <laughs> to you tomorrow with the family. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>